Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 19 of the Carlson Cards podcast. This week's episode, we get to dive into my favorite NFL team, the Green Bay Packers, and talk with Packer collector Andrew, who goes by at Cards and Sneaks on Instagram. This episode was a ton of fun. I really hope you enjoy. Andrew has so much passion and his collection is insane. Really love talking about all these cards and the history of my favorite team in the NFL, and I hope you all do as well. Let's kick it over to the conversation. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 19 of the Carlson Cards podcast. I'm joined today by Andrew, who goes by at Cards and Sneaks on Instagram. I met Andrew originally through Jordan, who's at Northwoods Card Collector. I had him on the podcast. You guys all remember him. Um, so Andrew's the alter ego, and Andrew is the guy who helped me find a ton of cards at the National this year. So I really look up to Andrew and a lot of um, you know the experience he has when it comes to some of these big shows, collecting in general. And I'm sure we're going to talk a ton about the Green Bay Packers today, which I'm very excited about with the season right around the corner. By the time this airs, it'll be a day after. We'll know if Jordan Love is the second coming or not. So, <laughs> but Andrew, how are you doing? And what what are you expecting for the Packers this weekend? Let's let's predict the future here. We're a few days away now. It you hate to push your luck three times, but everything I've seen of Jordan Love, I really like. I, I like the way that he kind of commands the huddle, is able to to throw the ball accurately. That's kind of the big thing. But. I, I'm cautiously optimistic, cautiously optimistic. You're still going against the bears. You're in Chicago. He's going to get thrown into the fire right away. And, and the first time that happened when he started against Kansas city in Kansas city wasn't great. So I, I'm just going to be cautiously optimistic. And Justin Fields is good, but I'd feel a little bit better going against him versus Mahomes. So oh, <laughs> maybe it'll yeah. be a little better this no time. Doubt. No doubt. Yep. So, so and so Andrew, first quick question here for you, and I, I kind of asked this last week too. I'd love if you could give maybe a little background on yourself and what what first got you into cards, maybe specifically. So I, again, I know you're from Wisconsin. We've chatted a bunch at shows, but beyond that, I don't know a ton about what first got you into cards. So I'd love to hear that side of things. Sure, sure. Well, I, I think the big thing is just my general love of sports. I love playing sports. I love um, watching sports. It really doesn't matter what it is. If it, if it's some sort of sport, if it's Rugby, even though I might not understand it, like I'm going to watch it. Right? If it's on, I'll watch it. So uh, obviously being a Wisconsinite, uh, the big thing around here is, you know, cheese, beer, hunting, and the Packers. So I, it was hard not to fall in love with the Packers growing up, especially when you grow up uh, in the era of Brett Favre and Reggie White and, uh, and that great team and the rebuilding of, of the Green Bay Packers. So you, you start off with that. Um and then obviously spurred on by some of the uh, heartbreaking and, and, and the iconic moments throughout Packers history that uh, I've been fortunate enough to live through. Um, and that, that it, it stirs your emotions. It really gets to your heart. And kind of once all those things start going, then you're like, okay, is there, is there another way for me to be able to connect to this game? Can I, can I get um, a, a rookie card or, or wow, it'd be awesome to get an autograph of, of one of my favorite players. Hey, look at that. They, they put autographs on cards. Whoa, that's that's pretty cool. That one looks really sweet. And then it just kind of it snowballs from there. So it's it's um, definitely from the uh, the love of the game, from the love of the team. That's that's definitely where the start is. At what age did you pick up your first card? And do you remember what it is at this this Ooh, far it, along? Or was it a pack or something? Maybe it was a pack. Ooh, that's a great question. It feels like you almost have multiple Genesis into the hobby um for me I, I think it was just trading with friends and you'd kind of get uh, cards from them especially when you're younger five six seven years old 
for me, it, it's just a random card. I think it was a 1995 Topps Finest mystery card of like a Herman Moore that it, I don't know. It, for some reason, I thought forever that card was a magnet because it had, had a black piece on the back. Um, and it looked like a magnet. And I could not figure out why it did not stick to anything. I, and then uh, years and years later, I looked at it and I realized, hey, a corner is kind of peeling here. So I went to go uh, take that little piece off. And uh, hey, this this is slowly coming off. Let me take this off. And that's when you realize it's, it's actually, it was a Herman Moore card. Not worth anything, but just a card I've had since the beginning that I love. Um, and that's kind of the, the first memory into, into collecting. So uh, that's really neat. So, so when you, you know, you recall these cards, you recall being a kid trading and collecting and that sort of thing. Um, let's say when you kind of maybe had disposable income, we're a little older and jumped into this. Um, I'd love to hear if you could touch on, cause I know, um, you know, we'll be talking about kind of the Packers of the past, the current and the future almost to some extent, right? That you collect. So I'd love to understand when you first got into this and decided you wanted to, you know, dive into some particular cards, maybe buy online, that sort of thing. Did you go after legends, like former greats, or did you go after the current players when you first started? I I went after cheap guys. You know, you just don't have a lot of money. You go after guys that, hey, he's kind of cool. I liked him. I remember, remember 2006, really liking Brian Calhoun. Second round pick, went to the uh, the Lions, big Badgers guy. So that was kind of the the start of it because you know you like the Packers, but we kind of like the Badgers too. Um, just liking Brian Calhoun, wanting to find his cards, and they were cheap because uh, he didn't really do anything in the NFL. But it it was kind of uh, along those lines, and then you start to obviously you know delve deeper and deeper um, and get into the hobby. One of the other things I did, obviously, when I when I got a job and started to, to have some income, I didn't really buy singles. And I think that's probably the uh, the way most people go. They buy boxes, you buy retail boxes. So that was kind of one of the first things that uh, that got me into it. Um, I, I have a vivid memory of the first real hobby box that I bought. It was a 2006 Leaf Limited. Just awesome set, one hit per, uh, four cards a pack. I think it was like $35. It was really cheap. Um, bought it off eBay, and there's actually a great story here. I I finally get it after like three months of waiting. It felt like, even though it was probably three days. Um, I open it up, go through the other three cards. I think it was two base and one parallel. I think it was like Jim Thorpe par- parallel of all things. Weird thing you remember. Um, and I get to that hit, and I look it over, and I realize. Oh, it's uh, it's an Ohio State card. That's weird. Um, I, I didn't realize DeBrickshaw Ferguson was in this. And then I thought to myself, I'm like, oh, DeBrickshaw, no, it wouldn't be DeBrickshaw. 2006, it'd be, it'd be AJ Hawk. Oh, that's funny. Packers players. So I, I see that, and then my eyes gaze over to the patch. The patch is the Ohio State logo at wow. the center of his jersey. And my mind's like, wow, they put a really nice patch in here. This is really cool. Flip it over. It's a one of one. Wow. My first real hobby box was a one of one patch autograph of AJ Hawk, who obviously was a pretty good Green Bay Packer. Um, and then, then the floodgates opened. You know, <laughs> you had I just pulled an awesome card of a of a player and a team, obviously that I love. I mean, it was 
it was go time after that. So, so without spoiling one of the cards that I know we have coming up to discuss that you all have to wait and see, cause this is insane. Um, did your luck continue um, after this again, regardless of that other card, we're not going to mention yet and talk oh, about that card. Yeah. Yep. Um, yes, actually it did. I've, I've had, I've been fortunate enough to pull, you know, some really good cards here and there. Um, kind of the other one that, that comes to mind back in, this was obviously later on. This was in 2017 after I'd gone to three, four, five nationals at that time. Um, it was a couple of weeks before the 2017 national in Chicago. We, uh, I was headed up with the family to go camping up in Door County, and uh, there's a little, there's a little target over in Sturgeon Bay, and I stopped there as kind of had been my tradition. Every time you go camping, you buy a few retail blasters. Um, I get to that, uh, get there, and they had. Uh, I always love buying Allen and Ginter because it always came out about that time. So I bought a few blasters of Allen and Ginter. They won blaster box of heritage you know it was aaron judge's rookie year he was the big new thing and i'm like you know you got one left i'll, I'll buy it i kind of like the design. it's kind of cool um so i get through the blasters of uh, of ginter you know nothing in there i get to that last box of uh, of heritage go through all the packs and um get to the last pack you know you're you're, you're going through it look at uh, the middle card the hit card kind of look at it Put it away, put it back in the pack, and realize, oh, all right, this is this is awesome. I'm hallucinating because that clearly was not the card I I just saw. Um, okay, cool. Put it back. Think for a few seconds. Pull it back out. Look at it. It was an Aaron Judge red ink autograph. Wow. Rookie numbered to was it 69? Yeah, about two weeks before the national, and again, he was the hottest thing in the hobby, um, and it was just. I could not contain uh, my excitement, and it was it was amazing. The best part is, and actually the worst part, because I got rid of that card shortly thereafter. Uh, it was numbered sixty one of sixty nine, and that was the home run, home run total, right? Ooh. Yes, yeah, that um, that would have been a huge card last year. But well, you win some, you lose some. But it, yeah, just to be able to pull something like that was incredible i'm sure it funded some great cards at that national too. it did yep i was able to get some uh, some great packers cards uh, because of that so awesome it all worked out so with so with the um kind of history here now in mind where does it fit in like your current hobby landscape are you si singularly buying singles or are you still rip for fun but with the understanding that it's kind of like a enjoyable part of like i when i see you in the box you open stuff i don't feel like you're like a Oh, I have a hundred bucks. Let's go buy boxes. It's kind of very strategic. I'm going to buy this set from 10 years ago. That is this specific card that I want and enjoy opening it. If I don't have anything, whatever. Did I summarize that pretty well? Is that kind of where you're at these days? I, for me, that's the way I have to look at it. When I, when I'm going and buying boxes, I have to think to myself, it, whatever money I'm going to spend, I'm going to lose. <laughs> and I'm fine losing that. I'm doing it for the enjoyment. Maybe you hit something, but more than likely you're not going to. Um, and, and really, the other thing that's that's helped is, you know, Tops of Panini raised all the prices, especially on the retail stuff. So it's just, it's not really cost effective, I guess, is the best way to put it. Um, it they're, Dollar per enjoyment is going exactly, down. Exactly. Exactly. That's kind of the one thing that's always in the back of my mind when I buy boxes. I want to have it so that there's a decent amount of value in those boxes that I'm buying. Um, and, and that's always been in the back of my mind. If I don't see the value, it, yeah, it's fun to rip it, but 
I know in the long run, I'm just throwing money away. So that that's definitely helped. But I, I have gone through that phase, you know, where you're just you're just buying boxes after boxes after boxes, looking for that monster. So I, and and we've all done it, but it it it's a phase I'm glad I'm out of. And thankfully, Panini and Tops have kind of kind of helped that phase along. But um, it it is what it is. There's there's still definitely enjoyment in busting boxes, especially if you find the right ones. And again, for me, if they have the value in it, if there's um, something cool, you know, sometimes it's just having a great design. If the cards look great. Every pack you go through, you look at it and you say, well, I may not hit anything, but man, these cards look awesome. I just, it, it was such a joy just to be able to, to bust that, bust that pack, bust that box, because in the end, you've got some great looking cards. Oh, definitely. And it kind of, I feel like for a lot of people too, because ironically, I don't have the memories of opening boxes. Well, for me, it was Pokemon packs, which I would, mm-hmm. I would die to go back and do that. Like that was just so fun. I think that's, I'd imagine for a lot of people where that comes from that, you know, return to, um, nostalgia maybe right and that sort of thing so that's really awesome i appreciate you sharing too we don't talk about like opening a ton on this but that's like something that i feel like a lot of people still enjoy and i do see really big collectors who you know go buy x amount of cards on auction houses but then they're also opening boxes like i see you doing and so that's kind of kind of neat to see how you go about doing it budget friendly right in a way that's smart and enjoyable. of course it has to be yeah Again. dollar for enjoyment is very high on your side of things yeah. Again, my, my thought process is always, if I'm going to spend that money, I have to be okay with losing that money because that's basically what you're doing. But it, it, again, you're, you're having fun. There is an enjoyment factor in there. So Awesome. So Andrew, I'll actually right away, I'm going to jump over to some of the cards you gave as honorable mentions for your Mount Rushmore, because I think it'll lead to a lot of really cool discussions sure. that I have as notes here for questions I want to ask you. So I think a lot of these will tie to that. Um, so I'm going to pull up a slide here mm-hmm. and um, one thing I'll mention, reminder for both of us, as we talk about these cards, you know, some people might not be able to see it if they're on the podcast app. Um, so maybe we can just describe what we're looking at here. Sure. I'd love if you could explain to me, like I just mentioned, what this card is we're looking at. Um, and then I'd love to hear too what the story is behind this one. Sure. Sure. Yeah, this is this is not one of my most, you know, valuable duels. This is the 2021 Panini National Treasures Gridiron Graphs duel of Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, uh, number to five. I actually actually grabbed the cards here, so I've got them kind of in front of me as well. But um, this is one of those cards that, again, it's not the most valuable duel that I have. I have a, I have a few other really nice duel autographs, um, a few that um, I, obviously I really like. A few Bart Starr and Brett Favre are probably more valuable. But uh, this is a card I absolutely love because half of it is because of the story that comes with it. Uh, it was back in, in 2000, and I believe it was 21, um, at going to the National, I, I texted my friend Jordan, when I, uh, our Northwoods card collector, uh, when I initially saw this card on, on eBay, somebody had posted it, and I texted him, and I said, I have a new number one watch for the National. Again, it's number five. I never expected to be able to find it there, but uh, the first day that we get there, looking at me in a booth, there it is. Um, it's a card I just I love. Every time I look at it, I think to myself, "This is such a beautiful card." Because as you can see, uh, it's Favre on the left, it's Rogers on the right, Lambeau Field in the background. It, there's there are a few things more iconic to uh, to Green Bay Packer fans, or at least to myself, than that. And another thing, Panini actually got right on this one. Uh, they're both in home uniforms. For some reason, that just that that makes a big difference to me. I hate seeing when one's in a white uniform. One's in a green uniform. It, it's more the aesthetics. It's 
it's probably just a me thing, but uh, just to have both of them on there, both autographs look really good. Uh, number to only five. It's just, it's just an absolutely beautiful card. I, I could not love it more. This one is incredible. And I like, like you already mentioned, I love that, you know, to me, the background here, again, for those listening, it's like a true, it looks like, I mean, I'm guessing like a winter game. Like it just looks cold. I don't know if that's what the card actually looks like in hand, but um, I, I just have memories flood back when I look at this guy with his card right here. Yep. Yeah. Just awesome. Awesome stuff. Yeah. You get to see, this is basically as close as you're going to see to the, uh, the, the aura, the, um, the environment of Lambeau field. When you get there, I've actually had seats, not to brag or anything, but I've had seats fairly close to, to this view. And it's, boy, there are a few things better in, in all of sports than being, being able to look out onto the frozen tundra like that. It's awesome. So, so funny enough, my, um, my wife's family has season tickets. I'm season ticket holder in line, like number 37,000 something, you know, like a, for those listening, a Packer tradition, when you're born, your parents put you in, like you get your social security number, your whatever, all this stuff you have to do right away. Then the very next thing is you're submitted to the Packers season ticket line because, you know, it's just assumed you're going to want those one day. So my wife's family has these. So I always joke that like, the goal is to inherit that somehow, but I'm sure I'll fight with the siblings over it. But there's their seats are right on the on the close to the end zone, like maybe 18 rows up. But then, you know, a cousin, um, sorry, an aunt has seats just like we're seeing here, like you said, Andrew, where it's kind of like that 40, 50 yard line, maybe 30 rows up. I prefer that so much. I mean, the, the seats are just incredible up there. Sure. There, there's really no bad seat at Lambeau Field. I've kind of sat all around the bowl. If you, um, and, and yeah. As long as you're in there, as long as you're in the stadium, there's no bad seat. And I will say, as long as you're in the stadium, because I've sat in box seats too, I'm not a big fan. I don't, the atmosphere does not, to me, it doesn't feel right. Yeah. I don't feel like, I feel like I'm some prissy, no offense to anyone listening who sits in box seats, but like, I feel like I'm some prissy rich guy sitting up here, like that doesn't want to be with the, you know, the losers down below. When in reality, all I want to be is down below, puddled up next to some fat guy drinking beer, just freezing my butt off. Like, that's what I want to be doing. That's what Lambeau Field is. It's called the Frozen Tundra. You got to experience it like that. I mean, we're we're not we're not Vikings fans. I mean, or Lions fans. Like we like it out in the cold. Um, got to get a little little dig to the uh, fellow <laughs> NFC Northers. But you know. yeah, that's awesome. I appreciate a really really cool card. And I guess one other quick question here off this one, I wanted to ask. So, are there any other really iconic Patrick, Packer duo autos? Like, if you could make up a card. Are there two players you would love to see? Like, I'm thinking like a defense, like for me, I'll just throw this out there because you'll probably have to think for a second. That's a hard question. But like, I always thought it'd be cool having like some of the defensive guys. Like I never see like Reggie White and blank, you know, like I never see that. I don't know. Did you have any ideas on that side of things or any you've seen that you'd love to have? Oh, no, there's a, that is a great question. I have seen a, a few really great duels that have come out. I know um, it's a collector. I believe it's, I don't want I don't want to say who it is because I don't quite remember, but uh, they have a Ray Nitschke and Clay Matthews dual autograph. That's fantastic. That might be that might be Joey. Um, there's a Brett Favre and Reggie White dual autograph that's on eBay right now that I've had my eye on for a little while. That is a great great card. Um, for me, for me, I'm I'm gonna go really deep here. I would love to see. I don't just want a duel. I'm gonna go go for the. Uh, the stars here. I would love to find a six-way autograph. Um, Vince Lombardi, Bart Starr, Mike Holmgren, Brett Favre, uh, Mike McCarthy, and Aaron Rodgers. Wow. That <laughs> would be incredible. 
So, so <laughs> Hall of Fame, I'd assume, I'd assume McCarthy will be a Hall of Fame coach. I don't know, Hall of Fame coach and their Hall of Fame quarterback. That's pretty neat. Yeah. Well, the Super Bowl winners, that, that would be. Yeah, better. I guess that's a better way to put it. Yeah, yeah Super Bowl winners. And, and maybe throw in, I don't know, Curly Lambeau, Ernie Herbert or something yeah. like that. That just for fun on the bottom, yeah, just slide them in there. Why not? You yeah. know, <laughs> that's really awesome. Sweet. So I'll jump over to the next card here. Actually, so I have a slide here that's three cards. <laughs> uh, maybe I, I forgot I did it like this, but we can maybe talk about the two on the left there if you're good with sure. it. The two I see a, a Reggie and a Brett Favre pairing. Speaking of pairings here, we'd love yep. to hear about these two cards. What we're looking at. Yeah. Well, that that's one of the things I've, I've really enjoyed collecting over the last few years is those pairings between Reggie White and Brett Favre. So many of them are in the same sets. So many of the yeah. Uh, the parallels are the same. Uh, this this is a set I just I, I love. I don't know why it doesn't get as much love in the hobby as I feel like it should, but I, I don't really care. Um, these cards are just awesome. The totally certified set, different from the pinnacle certified, um, where those were not numbered. Those were obviously I think those were case hits, uh, but these cards are just in hand. They are fantastic. They're gold, obviously, uh, and then numbered to thirty. Wow. So this is nice. So this is 97. It looks like, is this the first year they did this like certified platinum gold? It has, was there any prior to this? Oh, that is a great question. I know there was, there was like, there was a pinnacle certified before this. I believe there's a 96, but as far as like a totally, a totally certified where they, uh, they did mess with the background a little bit. And then obviously serial number like this. Yeah. Yeah. As, uh, to the best of my knowledge, this this was the first year, and I believe this was actually the only year that they did the totally certified until Panini revived it uh, in 2011. Wow. But yeah, they they are just awesome, awesome cards. Thankfully, the Reggie I was able to get quite a few years ago. Um, otherwise, that would have been a, a huge card, or at least in my mind, a huge card. And then the Brett I was able to get a year ago, two years ago. Um, I think it was two years ago, and then I I graded it at the uh, the Atlantic City National, and uh, thankfully, I, again, I didn't really care what the grade was, just because I, I wanted it in case. But it it came back at ten, so that was uh, that was awesome to see. Um, again, great pairing, two Hall of Famers, two of the leaders of those uh, '90s Packers, and you have them both in again green jerseys. Absolutely love that uh, number to thirty. I don't really need to say much more on that. They're just awesome, awesome cards. I, I love the the general theme everyone's going to see with your collection is you're like, you're one of the true guys I know who could care less about a grade or care even if the card is graded. Yet it seems like all of these crazy cards you end up with, you just casually toss them over to PSA and they casually get a 10. Because these are both 10s. I don't know if you mentioned the Reggie, but yeah, both 10s here, which is just insane. Yep, yep both 10. Well, I, I look at who I'm speaking to, though. Um. <laughs> I only but, post the good ones. I I, uh, I keep the yeah, bad ones fair. hidden. That's fair. Um, yeah, for some reason I have had pretty pretty good luck with with grading this stuff out. Um, but again, my big thing is I just I want it in case I want that extra layer of protection um, because these are cards I don't I don't plan on moving. I don't plan on, on seeing them uh, be in someone else's collection. These I have, I plan on having them for the long haul. So I want them I want them encased, and uh, it's it's just nice knowing that that. They're, they should look like that hopefully forever so so out of curiosity last week a big discussion or talking point i had with joey who was on was um kind of the scarcity with some of these early cards like we mentioned you know 2002 has a top's finest gold refractor that's numbered out 25 yet it's way harder to find than a typical out of 10 you know nowadays these out of 30s i mean realistically how many of these have i guess are 
out there even that you're aware of uh, do you know where any of these are otherwise have you ever seen an auction other than these two right here the farb i know there is one on ebay right now i think they want a crazy asking price i, I that is jersey number though i think it's 430 um yeah they want like twenty thousand dollars which is much too high but um I, I can't really think of another one i may be forgetting one there uh the reggie the reggie ironically the one that i had was a psa or uh, Pop One for the longest time. And then uh, a fellow collector, again, I don't quite remember who it is. I could look it up in five seconds, probably if I wanted to. But uh, he had two of them, two of the totally golds, which was insane. Uh, and he graded them both. Both got tens. Oh. Now it's a Pop Three. But hey, good guy. I think it was Sal. Sal has cool cards. Um, I may be mistaken there. So, um, But yeah, it was uh, it was crazy to think that's now a, a pop three um but again it, i know that it's another wisconsin collector someone else that's going to really enjoy them so hey that that's awesome so more power to them so a quick other comments on here so i see the background is almost it looks like a lombardi trophy to me number one is that accurate number two do the teams besides the packers have the lombardi trophy because i know the packers won the super bowl in 97 correct yes yep yeah so this is actually the general design of the card that oh this. okay um as far as the Lombardi trophy, yeah, you know what? It kind of does look like it. I think they, that that's actually a really good Did point. you notice this or no? Did not, no. So, and it's the year they won the Super Bowl. So, like, to me, this is, yeah. like, I don't know. I just think really – I'm I'm geeking right now. This is just really, really cool that, cards. I, I didn't that, know you all had these either. Yeah, that makes uh, complete sense, actually. Hmm. You might be right. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that you're making them even more special for me. So. <laughs> good awesome so card on the right is a uh, again a very special one knowing your collection and the guys you collect here um so what is the card we're looking at here what it looks like 2014 tops chrome what's the card and the importance to you here yep well i'm sure we'll talk about this a little later but yeah randall cobb is my my guy my uh the guy i collect um uh, this is just an awesome 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 card and i think i think there's a lot of packer fans that love this card not not necessarily the super fractor, but just this design and this picture on this card. It's the uh, 2014 Topps Chrome Super Fractor of Randall Cobb. Um, and, and again, I think most Packer fans know it uh, because it is the iconic picture where Randall Cobb is catching the ball in the end zone to beat the Chicago Bears in the last game of the season in 2013. Uh, it, was, it was a season that did not go the way the Packers wanted it to. Uh, Aaron Rodgers got injured. I believe it was Chad. Was it Chad Greenway for the Vikings injured him? Oh, um, no, no, no. Um, uh, I can't remember either. We're not going to get it. Maybe and you might be right. What was it? The bears player. Was it, uh, the first round pick Shane McClellan? Was I think him? so. Yeah. That, that Shane McClellan, yeah, first round pick out of Boise state. Yeah. He, um, he injured Aaron Rodgers in their first meeting at, at Lambeau field. Uh, and you know, Packer fans just kept waiting for Rodgers to come back and waiting for him to come back. And in the meantime, Randall Cobb, actually, I believe he broke his leg against the Ravens. So now you're waiting for, for Randall Cobb, um, not as much as Aaron Rodgers, obviously. But uh, they kept waiting for him to come back. Is he going to come back at Thanksgiving when they played the the Cowboys? And no, no, didn't happen. Um, thankfully, Matt Flynn saved us there. But uh, they just kept waiting and waiting and waiting. And all of a sudden, you get the word. That, uh, that Aaron Rodgers is going to come back for the final game of the season. And in the meantime, 
team really hadn't done well, but thankfully the rest of the NFC North hadn't done well either. Um, and it was, it was at the point where the final game of the season was going to be green Bay against Chicago. The winner would win the division. So it, it, all of those circumstances. And then you go into to soldier field against the bears in that primetime matchup. And all of a sudden uh, it back and forth game, you've got a wild, crazy play with Jared Boykin. I think it was, um, he just picks the ball up after everyone thought it was down, takes it to the end zone uh, for kind of an impromptu score. Uh, Aaron Rodgers didn't look great, I don't believe. I think he had a couple interceptions. Uh, but you get to, you know, under a minute left. Packers are uh, – they have a drive basically to win the North to get to the playoffs. And Aaron Rodgers leads him down, converts a few fourth downs. And all of a sudden you're at uh, – was it the 48? eight-yard line. I think it was the 48-yard line of Chicago on a fourth down. Julius Peppers is able to get through the line. John Kuhn throws a great block as Aaron Rodgers evades, get to his, gets to his left, rolls out, and who does he find? He finds Randall Cobb, who has just broken coverage. Everyone sat at the first down line. Randall Cobb went right by him, wide open, makes that catch in the photo, and stumbles into the end zone to beat the Chicago Bears and win the NFC North. So it was just, it was such a, such a great moment. I remember exactly where I was. Um, I was actually going to play some, some basketball with, with some friends, which was probably a good thing because I, I think I would have been too nervous actually watching it. But I remember, <laughs> I remember what, listening to it, Wayne Larrabee, Larry McCarron, and they make that iconic call where uh, it's Cobb to the 10 to the five to the end zone and just, freaking out that they had done the impossible. They, they had beaten them in dramatic fashion. And then uh, Cutler threw, I believe, threw an interception at the end, as he always did. And we got blasted by the Niners the next week. But, hey, it was awesome. It was a great moment. It's uh, one of my favorite moments in Packers history. I was at that Niners game, too. That was like the negative 20 degrees. We got run all over by Kaepernick. Kaepernick game, yeah. Yeah, really bad. Yep. Um, but so what's really cool to me about the three cards in front of us, it's like the Reggie and Favre, you have like the, to me, a really, really, really cool card design specifically that leads to a beautiful and, you know, very iconic card. Then you have the Cobb here that, yeah, the card design is good, but like I always felt like 2014 Tops Chrome, some people don't like as much. But here the photo really sells it, which is just really cool to me because you're seeing the two different types of reasons a card could be important, which I think you've already obviously very well highlighted here so far. Yeah, yeah, that's it, that can make or break a card sometimes. Um, the photo on it, there, there's a lot of great, great players and great designs that they put a bad photo on it. It's just, it's sometimes hard to collect it uh, when they do that, but... Yeah, this uh, this was not one of them. There's like I, I always think of like if you're listening, go look up like Kirk Cousins tops Chrome rookie card or Travis Kelsey tops Chrome rookie card. It's very funny to me because it's not like like you know Rogers tops Chrome's in a practice uniform, but it looks iconic. Like to me, it still looks like a strong, a really sure. cool card. But some of these other ones, like like I said, these two I just mentioned, it's really funny to me because they just they just don't look like a great card. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah, they're both in. Uh, well. What it's like it? a neon um, Under Armour shirt, right? It's like yeah, I think they're both bright orange under for Kirk Cousins, and then Kelsey's got the Under Armour USA logo, red, white, and blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, good memory. Because he's he's got the um, 
it looks like he just has like a screen behind him, like a blue screen, and he's he's out there catching the football like that. Yeah, it just doesn't work. I don't know why. I don't know why Tops would uh, would think that that was all right. But yeah, they're like yeah. Uh, late or you know mid round guys. I don't know if Kelsey is. I don't think he is. But you know, Kirk is just like a oh, mid round guy. He's not going to do much. He's it's yeah. But but still, you you got to think you've got more than one photo out there. Um, Plus, but, Tom Brady happened. They should know this by now. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, those were all from the combine i believe or at least the cousins was yeah like you you have plenty of time between the combine and the release of uh tops well i i would have been flagship tops because obviously they used the same uh same photo there but to to pick something else you know yeah. got many camps you got something i think but so quick question before we dive into the full mount rushmore here um, so Randall Cobb, big player collector. You have a ton of cards, really awesome ones. If anyone's listening, go check out Andrew's page. I mean, it's just tons of really, really cool cards. Um, what are your quick tips for beginners who um, maybe have a player that they like from this era or current era? I, let's say this era, right? Because it's a very different game, I'd imagine, than modern cards. But if they like some of the 2010s, maybe mid-2000s, what's your big tips for people who, if they want to go get started, like how do they even dissect this market and kind of figure out what sets to go after? Oh, that's a great question, especially because, you know, you've got tops at the, uh, from 2000 to 2015, then you have Panini from, you know, 2000 and was it 11? I was it 2010. I think 2010, they officially had it kind of 11. They put their mark on the cards. Um, it's going to be the same as uh, as if I was collecting, you know, nineties cards or eighties cards or, you know, 2011 cards, buy what you like, buy it, find just, designs and sets that you like um if, if you're looking for long-term value obviously you're going to want to go for the rare stuff because that's gonna that's gonna hold its value but again if it's if it's cards or a, a player that you like um there really is no wrong way to collect it as long as you're as long as you're getting cards that you love and and cards that that really speak to you cards that um are worth what you're paying for them to you that's what matters that's all that really matters. Um, again, you'll never do, regret a purchase like that. I always feel like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. If if you've purchased the card and your thinking is or isn't, oh boy, I just spent all that money on that card. Oh man, I, I should not have done that. But instead, it's oh, I can't wait for that card to do that. I can't, man. Wait, let me check the tracking. Yes, I, I'm so glad I've just added that card to my collection. And you did the right thing. I love that. I had a few cards come in today where it was like that and it kind of brightens up your day. <laughs> it really does. It's so exciting. Awesome. So we'll jump over to the full Mount Rushmore. I had this split between two slides because um, they are super cool. And we have a horizontal card on the second one, I believe. Um, so the, these cards are insane. Number one, the, this first two, um, two that I would love, I'm not going to take your copies, but I would love to own <laughs> either of these at some point. Um, so what's the first card we have on the left there? Could you describe the card, what, it, what we're looking at? And then, um, maybe we can dive into how you got this one too. Sure, sure. So that uh, the card on the left is the 1997 Skybox EX, the central credentials of Reggie White in uh, in a PSA 10. Um, just an awesome, awesome card. Yeah, it's got the uh, it's got the sparkles all around the edge. Uh, central credentials in the top right corner, and, and Reggie White in the home uniform, uh, rushing after somebody. Just an awesome, awesome card, and uh, actually one of the earliest cards in my collection. Um, it was years and years and years ago, 10 plus, 12 plus years ago. I decided just one random day, with money in my pocket, I would buy a box of 1997 Skybox EX. Um, just a really cool card. 
Um, great set. Uh, the cards look awesome. And my only hope, the only thing I cared about in that box, I'm like, all right, I, I'm probably not going to pull an autograph. I'm not going to do that. I just want to pull an essential credentials. I don't care of who. It could be, it could be, throw out a random player from the 90s. It could be, you know, Napoleon Kaufman or Curtis Anus or whatever. I don't even know if they're in those sets. But it could be any one of those guys. I don't care. I just want to see that shiny card because I think they look awesome and they're great. Um, and I, I get through that box. I'm, I open it and... As I, I I get to that pack, I see I've got a, a, a card in there that's a little thicker than the other ones. I'm like, no way. Did I just pull in the central credentials? There's no way. So I save it, as I often do. Uh, go back to that pack, open it, and I, I look at it and realize, yeah, okay, I have an essential credentials. This is awesome. Box made. Fantastic. Slow roll it. And I see the top of that yellow helmet, and I'm like, there is no way I pulled a Green Bay Packers card. Not a chance. No way. This is probably, it's probably Mark Schmerz. I think Mark Schmerz is in the set. Awesome. Fantastic. I, I could not be happier. Slow roll it more and more and more and realize you get to that 92 on the, uh, on the top of the, the shoulder pads and realize, no way. I pulled a Reggie freaking White. Are you kidding me? Um. So it's just an instant number one card in my collection. I, I actually do view this as uh, probably the number one card in my collection. Again, it's not the most valuable, but I just, I love the way it looks. I love that I pulled it. Um, so that makes it even better. And then I, I sat on that card for years and years and years. And then one, uh, one year I decided uh, to join the, the PSA Collectors Club. And at that time they would give you a certain amount of free gradings. Uh, and I'm like, you know what? I want to get this one graded. I, I just I just want it encapsulated, you know, I stand the test of the time with uh, with the collection there. So I, I send it in and you know in the back of my of your mind you kinda have a grade that you think it's gonna get. I looked it all over, didn't really know what I was doing, obviously, but uh, I was thinking it's probably a seven or an eight. You know, I, I'd watched a ton of videos on, on grading and stuff and I realized it to me it wasn't perfect. So I'm like, it's a seven or an eight. If I got a nine, I would have you know, blown my top. And it comes back, it's a 10. And it's just incredible. I, I still don't have words for how, how much I love that card and how, how central it is to my collection. It's just, uh, I'm actually looking at it right now. So, man, just awesome, 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 awesome stuff. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I have anything to add to that at all. <laughs> leave, it at, leave it at that. Exactly. That's that's so perfect. I mean, just again, um, I mean, I'm I'm reliving this now years later. But congrats. I mean, that's just insanely awesome. And I loved when we we got together. Um, we're getting some drinks with just some local collectors, and then you tell this story. And you, I don't even think you mentioned what the card was. Then you pulled out the card and said, "Here's the card I pulled," and it got a ten. And then uh, we we're all like what like no way because obviously very familiar with the set no it's a big deal and no especially also that you know these are impossible grades everything i've seen are six sevens eights i mean pretty much exclusively so it's pretty yeah. insane pop one pop one then and these are numbered out of 100 right yeah these are numbered out of 100 i believe it is pop one don't quote me on that i yeah. haven't a long time but uh probably that other guy sent three more and then <laughs> probably probably has yeah which hey good for him um then the uh, the card on the right is actually a card i picked up two years ago two years ago year ago it was it was a year ago because it was right before the uh, 2022 national in atlantic city um it was it 
for a Packers fan, a modern Packers fan, this is this is one of the iconic Packers cards and, and Aaron Rodgers cards out there. Um, this is actually a card that every time I look at it, I, I think to myself, I I can't believe I actually own that card. It's the 2005 Topps Chrome Aaron Rodgers Black Refractor Rookie. Um, it just it still blows my mind that that I have this card in my collection because for the longest time this card was was unattainable. It was it was a card that was into the stratosphere, um, at least with the way that my collection was at the time, and it's an awesome, you know, top of the line Aaron Rodgers card. At least to, to my, myself, um, I was able to pick this up from a guy locally. Uh, actually, I shouldn't say locally, but he was over by the Green Bay area. Uh, he had. He had had this card in his collection for a while. You could tell he was a big Packers fan. And I, I asked him, you know, is this something you're willing to part with? Um, he said, yes, we, we came to an arrangement. And uh, he, he let me buy this card at a, at a it was a good price, um, which was, uh, which was also very nice. But uh, he, he had one condition for me. He's like, you can never sell this card. And I'm like, not going to. So done, easy. Um, and then I did, I did send it in, uh, when we were at the national again, I just wanted to get it encapsulated. Truth be told, I was hoping it would get a nine, but it got an eight, but Hey, it's, it's in the PC. It really doesn't matter what it got. Um, just an iconic, iconic Aaron Rodgers card. Um, and a card that I think is probably underappreciated right now because, you know, with Aaron Rodgers going to the jets, um, he, a lot of Packer fans, I think have, have kind of fallen off his bandwagon. We've actually seen his card prices drop a little bit. But uh, I, I think in five years, five, six, seven, eight years, I think this is a card that that uh, Packer fans will kind of go back to and realize, hey, this this is Aaron Rodgers. He might be the greatest player in Packers history. Um, this is definitely a card that, that we want. I know I know. even even though the way my feelings have probably changed a little bit on it as well because he went to the Jets, um, I know that I'm going to have that same reaction when he gets into the Hall of Fame when he has his number retired at Lambeau, this is a card I'm I'm going to look back on and say, oh, I'm so thankful that I have that card because that is just, that is a great, amazing card of uh, of one of the best players in Packers history and truthfully one of my favorite players as well. So It's incredible. And these are, these are out of 100, right, Andrew? Okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay. These are, these are so, numbers out of 100. Yep. So what's funny for me is I remember in 2020-ish, maybe 2021, um, you know, it was the market was all crazy. Like you mentioned, I remember looking up when I first got card ladder and I saw, I didn't know anything about football cards, but I saw there was an Aaron Rodgers rookie refractor. And I was like, oh man, like how insane would it be to own this? And then it's funny, fast forward two years later. And now it's like, you know, we're looking at this black refractor and it's like this to me, this is now the one I would love to own. And the prices on both of them, like you said, are actually obtainable for a while there. I mean, I, I don't remember what the his regular refractor in a 10 was or a nine, but it was, I mean, easily five plus figures, right? I think, it, I don't know what the nines were, but they were crazy. I don't know what they are now. Yeah. I mean, nines weren't that high, but tens were for sure. But anyways, moral of the story is it's like the evolution of the learning about these sets and the learning about the player you like and all of that. It's like, I can totally relate to this, your mindset already where you're thinking like, okay, 10 years from now, there's going to be definitely more than hundred people who want this one, right? Like two years ago, I didn't even know it existed. Now I would love to own one. I probably, I would hope to in the next five to 10 years. So um, just, just awesome, awesome card, man. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I have a few cards in my collection like that. Again, I realized I, I like them, but I, I know that in five to ten years, I know I'm going to love them. I know it's going to be one of those cards that I'm going to look back and say, oh, I'm thankful I have that card. That is just an, an awesome card. I think part of it is because in this market now, um, you, we see so many cards posted. We see so many cards out there. And when you see the, the same card that you have, when you see 10, 15, 20 times, it kind of gets oversaturated, at least in your mind. So uh, knowing that that just like the cards from the 90s that I, I love right now, um, those cards will eventually dry up. Um, knowing that, that that's going to happen and that demand is going to go up and my personal feelings for them will, will increase over time as well. So uh, it's just, it's great to have, have those cards in the collection as well. It's funny. I like how you're putting this too, because it's like for you, the demand going up for some people might be like, oh, then I can sell this for five times what I paid. But that's totally not what I know. That's not what your mindset is. And that's not the way I look at mine either. At this point, I love the idea that the demand's up people can't obtain it because I have it. Like, <laughs> I don't know if it's like an yep. ego thing or what it is, but I think yeah. it's just more so knowing that you bet on this and you put your money where your mouth was at the time. And now, wow, a few years later, yeah, everyone does want this, but they can't find one. And I'm not letting mine go. Like, that's just so fun to me. I just love the idea sure. of that. It's like, I mean, sure. Art's the same way. Right. But very sure. cool. Sure. And, and the opposite is true. If for some reason this card tanks and it, uh, it has no future value. Okay. I'm fine with it. I still like the card. I'm still going to like the card in five years. I'm all right with that. Yeah, great way to put it. All right. So let's jump over to the final two on your Mount Rushmore here. So um, I'd love if you could tell me about the, not card, but um, we'll call it collectible on the left here. What do we got? Yeah, this is, uh, it's not a card, but uh, it is one of my favorite pieces in my collection. Something I actually just got at the National about a month ago. No more than a month ago. Wow. Um, Two it, months ago. Oh, wow. Hey, that means they're only 10 months from the next one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is a piece I've been looking for for a while. Um, they just, they do not pass up. It is a cut signature. And I don't know if you'd really call it a cut because it's it's basically a four by six piece of paper uh, dated from 1947 with uh, a few Packer players autographed on it. Uh, the most prominent, of course, being Curly Lambeau. It's just uh, it, it's a, a piece that is, is very tough to find. I've only seen a few Curly Lambo autographs over the years um, because he died, in, I believe, in 1965. So to, to find a, a piece that is, again, over 50 years old, over 55 years old, that has Curly Lambo's autograph on it is, is rare in and of itself. But uh, especially this piece, I really, really love this piece because not only does it have Curly Lambo, who, again... That, that, for the longest time, was the number one want I had wanted in my collection. Um, to have to have a piece of the, or an autograph of the owner, the very origin, the genesis of the Green Bay Packers, of a, of a team that is based um, in tradition. That's, that's, that's a big selling point of, of the team at Lambeau Field and 1265 Lombardi. That's, that's huge. And to have that central piece... That, uh, that autograph of the original creator with him and George Calhoun who, who were able to make that and create the Acme Packers at the time is, wow. It's, it's, a, it's a piece I look at and I, I'm just so so stoked to have it in the collection. Um, and like I said, it's not just Kirby Lambo on this one. There's also a little guy by the name of Don Hudson. Who's, oh, uh, no who's way. One of the great, yeah, one of the great Packers of all time. He has his number retired. 
And then there's a few other great, uh, great players on here. Um, you've got Bob Scogland, who I believe, I believe he died early. I, I looked these up a few weeks ago, and I, I did not write them down, unfortunately. I believe Bob Scogland uh, passed away fairly early. Um, I believe Tiny Croft was the same way. Um, so a lot of these players simply, they either don't have autographs out there, or uh, the, the ones that you do find are almost more rare than Curly Lambo, which is, uh, which is, which is uh, incredible to say. You wouldn't think that. But uh, another awesome one on here is Ted French. And you, and you might know this too, um, but he is from Stevens Point. So that's, that's fairly close to us. Uh, they used to run a card shop that I believe it went, it went nationwide. It was able to, to reach out nationwide, the, uh, the Ted Fritch magazines. I believe they still do them. Right? Yeah, I think it was, uh, so yeah, his name, but I think it would have been Larry Fritch cards is what the yep. shop. I don't know if this is accurate, but I, I was told that there were, they were the first, and this could be incorrect, but that one of the first mail order catalogs ever for sports cards that was out yep. of Stevens Point, Wisconsin. And yeah. I don't know if they're still big or not, but a lot of that name might ring a bell for people listening who are have been doing this for a while. Oh yeah, no doubt. Yep, yeah. To have that that Fritch name, yeah, and you're correct, Larry. I believe it was his son. Um, but yeah, to have you know Ted Fritch autograph on there, that's for me. That's really cool to have someone from from the area who was born and raised here. I believe he was born in Spencer, which wow. uh, is not far. Like Thirty away. minutes for me. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's not far yeah. at all. You know, 10, 15 minutes for me. So that's. That's awesome to have that and have that uh, that great name there. Um, something really cool on the back, though. On the front, it says 47 Packers, but on the back, it's actually dated. Dated uh, December 7th, 1947. I got my price there. I'll cover that up. Show it. Got the iPad there. Oh, yeah, there you can see it. Yeah, this. December 7th, 1947. Wow. So that's really cool to know that it's from that, uh, I would assume, from that date. So that's that's really, really cool. Um, again, awesome, awesome piece. All the autographs are, are on there are really good. They're really bold, even though it looks like they are all in pencil, but uh, still it's just, it's awesome card. It's, it's something that I'm not sure, uh, not a card, it's an awesome piece. Not, not something I'm sure I'll, I'll be able to really top unless maybe I can find a George Calhoun auto. I don't even know if there's any of those out there. It'd be great to have a, a Curly Lambo and a George Calhoun autograph. Um, to really put those two together, the two true founders of the Green Bay Packers. It's just awesome. It's yeah, just it, awesome. It, what's incredible about this too, okay. it's like this is a true one that you'd imagine seeing in a museum, like more than anything yeah. that I've maybe yeah. seen on this show, which is really, really neat. Um, one one thought too, you know, I've I I guess one thing that keeps me away from autos a bit is, um, you know, the fading over time. That's always kind of scared me off of some of this stuff. Yep. Um, what's interesting, the fact that this is pencil on some sort of paper type, I yep. bet you this would stay a lot longer. Maybe not. I don't know. I don't know the chemistry behind like ink and stuff, <laughs> but like, I, you know what I mean? Like does the sunlight affect this as much as a pen? I would assume. No, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. I don't think it would. Um, yeah because it's not water-based yeah and don't go stick it in like don't go frame it in the sunlight or something but yeah don't don't worry don't we're not we're not gonna test that theory okay but uh yeah it's just it's uh it's a great piece and yeah like you said all the autographs are are bold um and the other thing is it is psa certified so i do know that all the autographs are are authentic that's kind of a big piece with it as well don't want to buy something that uh, that someone said it was authentic that's 
that's no good either. So. so it's a really quick question for you on this too. That might be a good learning lesson that I'm curious on. Um, so you see, you walk into the national, you you don't even, I mean, you know, you're looking for a curly Lambo auto, but you don't know you're looking for this specific piece. You see it sitting there. It's, I, I mean, imagine in like a true one of a kind, um, how do you even begin negotiating on this? Or was it, did you luck out and you saw and the price to you felt reasonable already and you just kind of pulled the trigger right away? That that was definitely part of it. Um, when I looked at it, I kind of knew that the price was was pretty good, pretty uh, comparable with what I'd seen. You're right though, it is tough because I, I have not seen very many of these at all. Um, you can do eBay searches, you can do all that sort of stuff, but there's, there's only so many comparables uh, over the last few years for Curly Lambo autographs. Um, with the last few that I had seen, however, I knew that this was kind of in the ballpark. This was kind of where I, uh, I wanted it to be. Um, and it, I wasn't, you know, getting ripped off, um, which was obviously a good thing. But even if it had been, you know, a few thousand dollars more, probably still would have found a way to, to go get it just because it's one of those pieces that you don't, you're not going to think about the money later on, but you're going to look at it and say, hey, I, I have this, this piece. That's amazing. It's something that, uh, that I, I'm going to, to share it for years and years to come. It's, it's so. like the true conversation starter too. I mean, you yeah. show this to anyone in Wisconsin and explain, you just give a couple names of who's on here and it's immediately yeah. like, whoa, what? No way. You're kidding. You're lying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're going to look at and see, oh, who are the scribbles? And then you, all you have to do is say Curly Lambo. Oh, Curly Lambo. Yeah. So it's really cool. Case. Yeah. The Lambo field namesake. Yes. All right. So fourth and final card here on the Mount Rushmore. What do we got? Well, as I alluded to before, my, my PC guy is Randall Cobb. He's uh he's a guy I've loved uh, having as my PC guy since 2000 and was it, I started 2011. I think it was to, I mean, I know he's a rookie in 2011, obviously, but I think it was August or September. And I kind of started collecting Randall Cobb. Um, I used to actually have a lot bigger collection than I, I do right now. I used to be at the uh, at the point where I was collecting every single Randall Cobb card, um, which was it was tiring. We might talk about that later, but it was uh, it was a, a really fun part of the hobby. Um, since I've kind of just focused more on the bigger stuff, and one of those one of those big cards, one of those great. Awesome cards that I've been fortunate enough to collect that that actually popped up over the last few years was the uh, the 2011 National Treasures uh, rookie patch autograph one of one the shield one of one of Randall Cobb it's just uh, it's just such a great card it's just such a great iconic Randall Cobb card a card that I, back when I was collecting him hardcore I never saw I never saw that it was out there and then to to be able to come back ten years later and find this card and to be able to acquire it is, uh, it's one of those cards. I, I really, really liked it when I bought it. I knew I was going to like it, but since then, the, the weeks and months since then, I, I just love it more and more and more and more knowing that it's one of the, the pinnacle Randall Cobb cards out there, um, to be able to have that, that in the collection, um, to have a shield of Randall Cobb. Just, I, I love it. I, I come love it more. It's incredible. And so remind me, and you maybe already said this, but these are always game used, right? Does they say that or is it a vet or is it a player worn? I, I never know with these. I'm still learning this market yeah. a lot. I don't know so much this, about it. This is actually a little bit in the middle. Um, actually, I have it right here. But yeah, this is from the 2011 rookie premiere. 
Oh, okay. So it's like, okay, because that's all you could have for rookies, really, right? I mean, depending on when the set came out, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, if you did have some later sets, I believe they did put some game used in some of those later sets that would come out in, uh, you know, March or, or February, maybe April, kind of in that area. You might see some game used. Um, but yeah, a lot of the early stuff was from that rookie premiere, and a lot of the cards from, from 2011, 2010, uh, 2012 we'll say that on the back they'll say that it's from the rookie premiere which um for me that's a big deal too i i gotta know that it's either game used or, or at least have them let me know where it's from player one just doesn't it doesn't do it for me that's just too vague a description i don't i don't know what that means player worn what you know where's where's it from was it meaningful does it have a, a story behind it if it doesn't well not something i'm really interested in to be honest with you awesome perfect thanks so much this is super fun uh so well andrew it's closing in an hour here so i'll try to wrap up here with five quick questions like a fast five um okay. so be ready these are heaters incoming um, so first question so you already kind of mentioned this and this is a question i want to ask more about so um quick tip for somebody who has player collected they went for the like every card all over the place. And now they're saying, Hey, wait, I want to just set some boundaries up. Like we're playing bowling. We're going to put the, put the boundaries up on the side here. Um, any, what's a tip for somebody there? How did you go about doing that? Uh, it was, uh, well, let's kind of start with, with the way I started, which was to get every single card, um, to get every single parallel, to get one of every card. It was a blast. It was just a ton of fun. Uh, the eBay searches, the 30 times you check eBay a day um, on a slow day, were, were just awesome because it's like, hey, I need that one. I need that one. I need that one. I need that one. It was, man, it was so much fun. But it kind of got to the point where I, I looked back on my eBay purchases and I realized, do I really need to spend, you know, $12 on a random orange parallel to $199? You know, that I'm going to look back in and say, hey, it, it's cool, but I, I really don't have a connection to it. It's not something I have to have in the collection. Um, and, and basically at that point you're, you're throwing your money away because you're not ever going to get that value back. It's going to be a, a dime card, a quarter card. Um, you bought it because you needed it for the rainbow, but is this something I really have to have long-term? Is it something I'm going to look back on? Am I just kind of throwing my money away? And I, I it, it was tough. It was tough to come to that decision, but it was definitely better in the long run. Um, and Panini really didn't help things because they kept coming out with more and more and more sets. And it got to the point where it's like, I could be buying 30 cards a day. You know, that's, that's just not sustainable. Um, at least for me, it wasn't. So it, uh, it, it was a tough decision, but I, I came to that realization where it's, I needed to, I need to just kind of step back, maybe lessen the PC a little bit, get rid of a few cards that, that I don't really have a connection to, that uh, that are not rare or, or ha had a lot of value uh, with me. But it was uh, it, it was a tough thing to do. Um, so it, if you're a player collector, there really is no wrong way to collect uh, a player, and there are some some amazing collections out there where they try to do just that they try to get every single card that they can um and, and i'm an envy of those cards of those collections i wish i wish i could do that but 
you, you do have to have some boundaries as well. You have to you have to be able to realize what you can do and what you can't do. And again, it was just at the point where I, I, I just didn't feel right kind of throwing all that money away because it's not simply the card that you're buying. You know, if, if it's a dollar here, two dollars here, three dollars here, oh, okay, maybe I can maybe I can manage that. But it's the three dollars shipping on every single card. It's the four dollars shipping on every. It's like you know I'm ne never. That's that's money that is clearly gone. Um, and if you're doing that with 30, 40 cards a week, well, that, that adds up. That's not something I really want to 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 spend my money on either, uh, which is you know constant shipping costs. I know shipping gets up to four, five, six dollars sometimes. Um, it's not something I really I really want to do. And I'm just as happy having my collection be you know more of the rare stuff, more of the the, the difficult to attain stuff. Um, it got to that point where I realized my collection was, I felt my collection was just as good if I had the rare stuff as I did having the, the smaller parallels or the, the base cards. So I, it, again, it was a tough decision, but uh, it was the right thing to do. Awesome. Appreciate it. So second question here then, um, what's your favorite Wisconsin food or drink tradition? Ooh. What do you sucker for if you're at a Packer game? Oh, uh, I, if you're in Wisconsin, you get cheese curds, right? How can you not go get cheese curds? Um, cheese curds, cheese curds and beer. Yeah. What else do you need? Um, that's that's obviously a classic. Uh, if you're going to go any sort of food, though, really, kind of a food tradition in Wisconsin that's that's grown over the last 15, 20 years. Quick trip. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's a good one, quick yeah. trip. I have a quick trip all the time. So that's that's kind Breakfast, of a lunch and dinner. Yeah. Really, you, you can't go wrong with getting some glazers. Um, so the, that's probably my favorite, though. If it's number one for me, probably cheese curds. I know it's I know it's kind of uh, what everyone thinks of when they come to Wisconsin, but yeah, it's true. They're they're delicious. How can you not love them? So number three here, who's your other? Who's your favorite other Packer wide receiver teammate of Randall Cobb's? Ooh. Someone he's played with while he was on the team. Wow. Great question. Could go Devontae, could go Jordy Nelson, James Jones, Donald Driver. Um, boy, I don't know if I really have another favorite. If I had to say one, I would probably say it's got to be Jordy Nelson. I mean, he was he was an amazing Packer receiver, definitely underrated, as my cat goes next here. Um, yeah, Aaron Rodgers' favorite target. Uh, Great player, uh, caught touchdown in the Super Bowl. It's, it's probably got to be Jordy Nelson. I think that's kind of Wisconsin's uh, favorite receiver. So, other than Down Driver, maybe. Yeah. Perfect. So, fourth game here, or fourth question here. Uh, favorite Packer game you've had the chance to attend and why? Uh, favorite Packer game, probably the Packers Seahawks playoff game. Was it 2020 or no, 2019? Um, the Packers kind of came into that game not knowing. It, it didn't feel like the team was great, um, especially the offense. They didn't feel great that year, even though they were 13-3. and three. Uh, They were able to kind of beat the doors off the Seahawks, though. So that was uh, that was a lot of fun. I was able to get playoff tickets uh, to that game, the one and only playoff game I've been to. Um, so that was that was awesome experience. Again, it was, it was in prime time. It was in January. It was... Lambeau Field at its finest, snowing, and yeah, that, that was an awesome experience. Awesome. 
And then fifth and final question, what's a card that someone listening can help you find if they spot? Since you do that so well for everyone else, how can we help you out? <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Uh, I have a lot of cards I'm looking for, which doesn't really answer the question. Obviously, anything rare Randall Cobb. That's that's one I definitely want to uh, want to keep my eyes open for and, uh, and definitely be uh, – if somebody could help me out there, that would be awesome. Uh, I do have – I used to own the – Top Scrum Super Fractor and Super Fractor Auto from his rookie year. That is a card. Those are two cards I would love to get back. Um, I've kind of seen them here and there. I think I know where one of them is. Um, I think was a Kentucky basketball collector has has the one, so I may not ever see that. But uh, those are two cards I would I would love to find. As far as something uh, that I kind of don't know the whereabouts of, uh, I have a few sets I would love to get done. A few Packers sets. Probably the Antonio Freeman totally gold. So we saw the Reggie and the Brett. Uh, I need Antonio Freeman to be able to finish that set. Uh, so that would be awesome if, uh, if someone could hook me up with that and uh, finish that small little Packers totally gold set. That'd be awesome. Awesome. Really appreciate it. Andrew, thanks so much. That was super fun. Really enjoy it. Appreciate it. Um, and, and again, just awesome having you on. So thanks so much. I had a blast, Austin. Thanks.